Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. This is going to be probably one of the more fun preseason podcasts you're going to listen to on the Mustangs because I am dishing out some superlatives across players as well as picking an assistant of the year on both sides of the ball. Plus, I'll give you my season prediction of how SMU will finish. For our members-only podcast, if you haven't checked that out, I'm going to run down that game by game and also include some more notes on ACC and just some of the things going on around the team as SMU gets ready for Louisiana Tech in that podcast. But for this one, I'm excited. It's more of a fun, lighthearted one. We'll have our uh, pre- uh, preview podcast on Thursday for SMU Louisiana Tech. Might drop Friday morning, but should have it done in time to drop it Thursday afternoon. Um, we'll be joined by Ben Carlisle um, to preview the Bulldogs and what they bring to the table, as well as some closing thoughts on the Mustangs going into week one. A couple other quick reminders. We will have our post-game show at Shug's Bagels after SMU takes on Louisiana Tech. Uh, that uh, uh, spot is right next to campus um, in Mockingbird Plaza. And so we will have a live post-game show inside the store um, because of the 11 a.m. kickoff. It probably won't run when after hours for Shugs is running, but uh, we will kind of lead into that is the goal. Got a cool guest lined up uh, for the post game already. So you can kind of check that out there. Um, after hours is uh, Shugs Bagels, 6 to 2 a.m. Um, nightly. Um, I think it's five nights a week ordering time where you can get bagels, you can get sandwiches, all those fun things. And there's a pickup window right there inside Mockingbird Plaza where you can get your bagels. So you go to SMU tailgate, then hit the game, get done, maybe go to Milo's, go somewhere after the game. Then you swing by and you're a little hungry on the way home, hit after hours. Um, depending on when our show wraps up, this is week one. We don't know when kind of timing wise we'll kick it off and end it, but um, we might still be there. So swing by um, and check us out on our YouTube channel. That'll be live broadcast on the YouTube and then we'll uh, dish it out to your podcast platform after the game. So now that all the housekeeping is out of the way, let's jump into some superlatives. And I I decided to run down team MVPs as well as some um, kind of picks on the year for the players. Uh, So we're going to run those down. And I I know it seems a little probably backwards. Usually these award shows, you you award the MVP at the end of it. Um, But I opted to go ahead and and get this out of the way because, one, I think I – talk a while about this guy but I think for my most valuable player for SMU how I came to this decision was one how good are you going to be and how big of an impact are you going to have on the 2023 Mustangs and I struggled with this one and especially since there I think so many guys on both sides of the ball that could break out could be that guy this year but I went with Jonathan McGill in the secondary and I think for me, I look up front on the defensive line, and so often you see in a three-man front with those big bodies, maybe they're doing all the things that kind of stir the drink. But a lot of times you're not seeing that guy that maybe takes over a game as much. But um, I'll have more on that later. And then the linebackers, there's just so much unknown. You get to the secondary, you could go Charles Woods, could go Chris Meganson at corner because those guys are important. 
But I think Jonathan McGill and what he's been able to do since stepping on campus is so important for this SMU team. And so he comes over from Stanford as a captain. He returns home to the Dallas area to finish out his college career. And I think he's going to be a difference maker on the field for SMU. You know, I think coming with that Pac-12 experience, now being a captain for SMU, very smart player. He's driven. He has zero, you know, concern uh, from my end in terms of how he's going to prepare each and every week. And I think Jonathan McGill is going to be a guy that um, not only helps this SMU team communicate um, on the field, but I think he's going to make plays. And the safeties in SMU's defense are pretty active. And so I went with him in part because of that, just their ability to impact the game. You look at Nick Roberts last year, was third on the team in tackles. Um, Brandon Crosley was sixth. Brian Massey, even though he missed all that time, was seventh. So three of your top 10 tacklers are safeties. And while I think we could see SMU rotate a little bit more, the stats will kind of even themselves out. And for SMU to be successful on the back end this year, I think Jonathan McGill has got to have a great year, and I think he will. I think he made this his mission as soon as he learned that he was going to end up back at SMU, calling Scott Simons up. What can I do? What can I learn about this defense? And then quickly settled in as a leader for this team. So I went with Jonathan McGill as my overall team MVP. I think he's in for a really strong season for the Mustangs. Offensively, I went with uh, a choice that probably won't surprise too many people here, um, but I did go with Preston Stone. And part of that is SMU's run game uh, being maybe a little bit more um, balanced in terms of who they have in there, the carries that go around, although I think Jalen Knighton's going to be that starter, going to be that number one guy. He was that on the depth chart. And so with Preston Stone at the helm of this team, I get a sense that SMU is going to go as he goes. And if he doesn't have the season, maybe that you know people are expecting, I think this team will probably go to a bowl game and just be kind of in the you know top of this conference, but maybe not as impressive as maybe we thought they were going to be going into the 2023 season. But I, I think Preston St Stone is going to get it done. I think this is something he's waited for a long time. Um, to do and, and to take on. And you can tell that in his preparation, his motivation, all of those things. And so um, I really like what Preston Stone is uh, doing. I think he's developed really well over the back half of fall camp. He has a ton of talent at wide receiver and tight end uh, to really make this uh, a season to remember for him. And he's not your prototypical, you know, in a way, first year starter where he's gotten a lot of time in big moments, you know, Louisiana or uh, Tulsa uh, almost had to come back against Cincinnati. He has so much that he already has kind of learned as far as what he has to do in games to manage him, to have this team on the same page. And with all the talent around him, I think he's going to put together a season that leads SMU to a conference championship appearance, you know, kind of spoiling some predictions there. But I am that high on Preston Stone. Uh, I, I, I am. I, I think watching him develop has probably been the most important thing because when he came into SMU, there, he had to adjust. He had to um, wait his turn. He had to show patience. He had to do all those things. And it wasn't always perfect. 
But watching him take this team over, it, it is so important that he you know, takes care of the football, makes the right decisions, all of those things on the field. But I think from a leadership perspective and him being named captain was obviously big for him. I think that's where SMU is going to see it pay off with Preston Stone because, again, he has that moxie to him that even if Kevin Jennings does have to play for whatever reasons this season, I think the the team, their success is really tied to Preston Stone this year. I think he's going to be able to get it done um, and do all the things his coaching staff wants him to do. There just is that unknown. I probably could have picked a Jalen Knighton in this in this situation, but um, I, I opted to go for Preston Stone just because I think he has the ability to do the things that they're asking him. And he might not even put up the numbers that a Tanner Mordecai did, but I think he's got a chance to play the game a little cleaner. I think he's got a chance to really run the offense in a more um, r- rhythmic uh, way where maybe it doesn't get bogged down as much. You might not see them score every drive, but it might not feel like they are hitting a rut with Preston Stone. That's just my opinion watching him. I think he's got a lot of talent around him. That'll certainly help. And that's why I think he'll be able to uh, to have a strong season and, and be the team's offensive MVP. Defensively, uh, this is where uh, SMU has really upgraded uh, in the trenches. And I wanted to almost pick Ahmad Walker here, but I, I think Ahmad Walker is going to be the leading tackler. We'll talk about that in a second, kind of some quick hit um, stat predictions and things like that. But I think Jordan Miller in the middle is that defensive MVP. If he is able to control the middle like they expect him to, and even though they'll rotate, even though they'll get guys like Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki, and Corey Roberson in there, guys like that, I get the feeling that this defense will be so much better in large part because of Jordan Miller holding it down in the middle. SMU really hasn't had a nose like this uh, since Mike Williams, in my opinion. Um, and then you can kind of go back through some of the, the the Tom Mason defenses where they were they had a guy in the middle that could kind of hold it down a little bit. But um, for, for Jordan Miller, it, he's a really – I think he's a leader on this team. I know he wasn't named a captain, um, but he does have that – uh, charismatic way about him that'll get the other defensive linemen to continue to play hard. This is a job interview for Jordan Miller. This is his last season. And uh, as far as motivation goes, uh, he's got that in droves, um, I think, for for him. So um, I am excited to see how he does this season leading a defensive line that has a lot of you know new depth to it with Cam Robertson, uh, Corey Roberson, guys like that. Um, but they do have a guy in the middle that they can really rely on to control the line of scrimmage. And that's something SMU really hasn't had in the past. So I think with a true nose tackle, you're probably not going to see him uh, notch all the tackles that, you know, traditional defensive tackles or maybe an edge guy might have. But again, it's more about controlling that line of scrimmage for Calvin Thibodeau's group and being a guy that takes up two blockers um, on every play. And not being a guy that, you know, they feel like they can handle with one. And I think he's got the size and the strength to be that guy in the middle. So it's so important that Jordan Miller up front steps up. I think he will. I think he's strong enough. I think he's got uh, the right mindset. And uh, I think he's going to have a great season. And, and I'll pick him as the defensive MVP for SMU.
Before we go any further, I've got to tell you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Birddogs.com forward slash pony. You can get your free Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle with your promo code with any order. So if you go to the link, birddogs.com slash pony, you'll be able to uh, redeem that uh, and get that um, delivered to you with your order. Um, and look, I mean, that's an expensive gift, first of all, from our friends at Bird Dogs uh, to hook them, uh, hook you guys up with that. But it, it's still hot here, here in Dallas. And, and that's why I really rely on Bird Dogs pretty much every day. I've got a few pairs of shorts, um, especially I've got the joggers for when it'll eventually cool down. But again, I've talked to you guys about the zippers on the pockets. That's great. Uh, but that sweat wicking fabric and that kind of anti-odor fabric that they have is so important, especially with um, the compression shorts in the middle, the liner. That is what makes Bird Dogs the most comfortable pair of shorts I own now. Um, I, I'll opt for them over Lululemon, the, the truly, truly high-end expensive stuff there, um, or even the dupes. Uh, Bird Dogs has got it down where um, you can really just feel comfortable just wearing them. And whether they, you know, whether you grab the gym shorts they have, whether you kind of grab the combo bathing suit gym shorts, or whether you grab the khaki shorts, it's still hot as all get out in Dallas or where, wherever you are for the most part right now. So pick up a pair of Bird Dogs today. And go to birddogs.com slash pony or get to check out and use promo code pony on the site for your free Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. So Bird Dogs has been killing it. They kept coming back to us uh, with more uh, free stuff for you guys to get. So I love Bird Dogs. Um, once you try them out. Um, whether it's tailgating, whether it's being out just with the family or whatever, you know, bopping around town, uh, that is the short that uh, is really my go-to uh, now. And if the camera uh, could, you know, do this, I got it on a tripod, I would show you guys, I'm rocking my other pair of bird dogs right now. So check them out, birddogs.com slash pony. We continue on with the superlatives for the 2023 SMU Mustangs. And this is where it gets a little interesting. But the first one should come as really no surprise. Uh, the freshman of the year, I went with linebacker Alex Kilgore. I, I think he's a guy that just watching practice and as we've gotten closer to game week, I, I really get the feeling they're going to give him every opportunity to get a lot of playing time. And Maurice Crum with that linebacker group uh, has the competition to roll a bunch of different guys. I think Ahmad Walker... Uh, will be in there, of course, as a starter at will. But outside of that, they really have five guys with Alex Kilgore, Chris Adamora, Jaquandis Burns, Kobe Wilson, um, guys like that that will now be factoring in. And Alex Kilgore is really the guy that I think long-term, you're going to be looking at him as one of the better players to come out of SMU defensively in a while. That was a true you know, high school signing and then developed in all those, those things. But he just has a size. He's got the speed. He's got the knowledge. He's a 4.0 student. I'm going with him. He's had his head on straight from the get-go, uh, being on campus, and has just continued to give SMU every reason to play him and play him a lot and see if he can swim at the college level. And uh, I'm sky high on Alex Kilgore. Uh, there aren't many freshmen out there that I really feel like are going to play major roles, but I, I do – 
believe that Alex Kilgore is going to be going to be one of those guys that does. So I'll go with Alex Kilgore as the freshman of the year for SMU. I broke up the breakout players into two pods, um, the returning breakout player and then your transfer. And we'll talk about the transfer in a second, but my breakout returning player is Ruchi Dixon. And you see that wide receiver depth chart that we talked about on the last podcast coming out. And Moochie Dixon is up there with basically all of them, Ramel Brinson, Jordan Hudson, guys like that, uh, as far as the players that are vying for one of those outside receiver spots. On the other side, you've got Jordan Curley and Keyshawn Smith. Last year, made one start in, in all 13 games that he played in, um, had 28 receptions for 378 yards and three touchdowns. For SMU last year, I think this year you're going to see a lot more Moochie Dixon because he's probably one of the most consistent guys on the team. Um, and look, he was SMU's third leading receiver, but we hadn't seen somebody really. We we saw the flashes from Jordan Curley. We saw Moochie Dixon make some plays uh, that you know certainly give you hope for where he's headed as a player and all of those things. But I don't think you've seen him really broken out um, and become this household name. I think he's got the opportunity to do that this year um, with another year in the system. He's got that consistent catching that I think out of the receivers, when you talk about that group as a whole, that's probably the hardest position to kind of project right now because you do have – Three guys that I think are going to be really good, Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey, um, and Roger Daniels. Those guys are kind of the household names for various different reasons. And then you get to the other side, and you and also you have Keyshawn Smith, who's a Miami transfer, who's been working to be more consistent. You also have um, Romello Brinson, another guy who's working to be more consistent. Jordan Hudson's a former five-star who's coming on, but was kind of nicked up early in camp. So Moochie Dixon is kind of that consistent guy that SMU has been needing. And I get the feeling that he, he could be the third leading receiver again. It also wouldn't shock me if he's the second, maybe, because you have Jake Bailey and you have Roger Daniels in the slot and they could split a lot of time. I mean, that's how talented both of those guys are. If Moochie Dixon, while he does have to split some of the time with others, I think he's got that ability as one of the returning players to really break out and be a household name. Um, I, I kind of trying to think of other guys that could be that guy, but really there's not many that come to mind because you either have players that have started, you know, multiple years now, it seems like Brandon Crosley, Brian Massey, um, Nelson Paul, those guys are household names. Jaquandis Burns, that linebacker room is, is kind of still a, a, a phase of competition that puts him maybe at a tougher spot to get that breakout. Um, uh, tag. And I just think Moochie Dixon is the most consistent guy. And I think he's got the best chance to uh, break out this year as far as the returners go. Now the breakout transfer and how I went about picking this one is some of you might disagree. Some of you might agree, but I picked a, wanted to pick a guy that isn't your no brainer. So like a Jalen Knight, he is your starting running back for the SME Mustangs. There's a lot of hype around him. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to run tough. He's got explosiveness. He's going to be a household name, whether it pans out or not. And you have other guys that 
are very clear starters as well. Charles Woods, maybe Chris Meganson probably could have gotten this nod. But I think that LJ Johnson is going to be your breakout transfer, a guy that maybe is in a role that isn't a starter, and he's going to be that guy that can really elevate his game and step up for this team when called upon. Tyler Levine had, did a great job leading the team in rushing last year. He got some really tough yards through pain when called upon. But I also get the feeling that, you know, LJ Johnson's just had a really good camp. And, and that's tough to really, um, you know, I, I guess, ignore. Um, and, and so I'm going with LJ Johnson. I think he's flashed a little bit more when given opportunities in fall camp, especially it has been kind of tough running for this SMU offense during fall camp against the defensive line uh, that SMU has. But LJ Johnson has been able to really create some splash plays in scrimmages. And I think SMU is very comfortable with him as that second guy back there um, in this offense. And I think he does have a little bit of the power that Rhett Lashley really wants to uh, showcase more of when it comes to getting on the field um, with that group. So, um, I like what LJ Johnson has done in fall camp. That's really what has pushed me to this. He finished the spring really strong. He had some really good runs in the spring game that were impressive. And so now I think he's going to be a guy that, yes, former top 100 prospect, one of the best running backs in the country. A lot of people know who he is. I think he's going to be a guy that everybody knows who he is, especially those that follow SMU um, by the season's end. I, I think he's probably going to be your second leading rusher in all likelihood. When I get to the biggest surprise, uh, this is one that I kind of grappled with a little bit um, because I I think there are, are a lot of options. Because, one, we haven't seen SME play a game this season. We don't know how some of these guys are going to react. Rhett Lashley kind of said that uh, during the media session that he had on Wednesday with reporters. But I think for this one, I felt like I had to pick a backup to really kind of give you guys somebody that I think can kind of come out of nowhere. And the reason why I picked this guy is I think when you're trying to break out and get more snaps and make more plays and do all those things, you have to have a flash to you um, or, or, you know, some speed or some incredible strength and things like that. And I picked this guy because he's got uh some incredible speed. Uh, he can really uh, smoke you uh, in a sense uh, if you're running a race with him. And that's Jalen Davis Robinson. They call him smoke. The LSU transfer, the Waxahachie, Texas native has uh, probably is probably one of the fastest guys on this team without a doubt. And the depth chart released um, this week has him as the backup to uh, Charles Woods or Chris Beckinson, one of the two. Uh, he's right up there. Um, at one of the cornerback uh, uh, spots. And for me, just watching fall camp, you know, Boris Hall is a guy that's gotten a lot of opportunities and wasn't ended, didn't end up in the 2D. I think he's still going to be a valuable special teams player. I think he's going to see some snaps here and there. But then you get to A.J. Davis and Jahari Rogers across the way. They're listed as the or backups there. And if that's the case, then you're looking at Jalen Davis Robinson stepping in uh, to that cornerback room as the second guy off the bench. Um, behind, um, I believe it is, um, I'll get it right now, uh, behind Charles Woods. And for SMU, I think his speed 
is so important. And when you talk about maybe taking a shot as an opposing offense against maybe a backup who's giving the starter a rest or if Charles Woods were to go down, something like that, you might look at a second-year football player, a redshirt freshman, and go, we're going to go take a shot at that guy. But what Jalen Davis Robinson has shown throughout fall camp is an ability to recover. And you can ask a lot of people who have been out of practice. I think almost everyone, if you ask, hey, who's the top corner in terms of recovery skills? I don't think there's any doubt it would be Jalen Davis Robinson. You know, there, there are guys who are in a better spot right now with their careers, whether they've played a ton of games like Charles Woods or Jalen Davis Robinson, to be better, maybe fundamentally sound. But Jalen Davis Robinson's speed gives him that opportunity to play aggressive, to make up ground fast. And I think that's so important with some of the things that these offenses will do, especially with the amount of man coverage SMU plays. So to have him out there as a true cover corner in certain situations, I think he's going to surprise some people. He's not going to be somebody that it, that could be a uh, doormat for opposing offenses to attack. And so I'm, I'm going to pick him um, as the biggest surprise for SMU. Um, on the offensive side, it probably would have gone with maybe Logan Parr, um, a surprise guy, or Nolan Matthews-Harris, um, just to kind of give some respect over uh, to the offensive side. My X factor, and this is kind of the last pick of players in terms of like preseason awards and things like that, I guess, uh, but it's Ahmad Walker. Um, when you look at this linebacker group, they're completely revamped, and we talked a lot about that with Alex Kilgore, and they have a lot of new faces. The only returner is Jaquandis Burns, who, you know, didn't exactly grab that linebacker spot, maybe the way they had wanted him to. And that means Ahmad Walker is going to be playing with a lot of different guys. He's going to have to communicate from the safeties to the defensive line. He has that knowledge of this defense. And I really feel like he's going to be that X factor. You look at, look at the film when he played against Arkansas, made some really big plays in that game. He's been doing it since high school. He's not the tallest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but he can run. And as SMU has this defensive line that can hold down some gaps and allow the linebackers to flow, Ahmad Walker should be the big benefit uh, beneficiary of that from this defensive line. And the way he finds ways to elevate his game in the past against big opponents, I think he's the perfect X-factor pick. You know, I, I think the way, because we talk about this defense in, in kind of two ways. We see all the depth and the talent that they've added and that they can, you know, put together and be that good. But at the same time, we also see a defense that has a very much new look, new look linebacker unit. And so they have to put together that chemistry. They have to put together the communication. And how do you do that? Having a guy that's been there, done that in the defense already. And so it's so important that Ahmad Walker's there. I think he's your X factor for maybe a big play when you need it. He is your X factor for having that speed to make some plays. And if he's able to continue on the path he's been on with Scott Simons, he's going to be one of the best defensive players for SMU this year and a guy that they really lean on as an X factor. Some quick hits here uh, as far as guys I think will lead the team in certain categories. Um, it's no surprise, uh, Preston Stone is your, is your leading passer. 
Um, no, no shock on that front. Um, and so we'll jump into the leading rusher. I, I think Jalen Knighton is going to lead the team in rushing. That's not really a surprise. And I think he's going to eclipse a thousand all-purpose yards. Think about this. Tyler Bean played in all 13 games, but he really didn't see his role emerge and get leaned on as much until later in the year. He had 764 yards from scrimmage last year. Uh, he averaged 4.5 yards carry. I think Jalen Knighton is going to be maybe a little bit better than that, maybe maybe 4.8 yards per carry. SMU last year, um, they did not have a rusher that played in, I guess the only one that averaged less than 4.5 yards per carry is Trey Siggers, who ended up playing in four games, got hurt, and has obviously since transferred. But everybody else was above 4.5 yards per carry. Can a guy like Jalen Knighton hit that five yards carry mark? It's probably possible. I would love to see that for SMU's offense. I mean, that means you're really cooking up front, which I think they have the chance to be. Um, but I think he's going to total 1,000 all-purpose yards from scrimmage. Wouldn't shock me if he's around that maybe 900 yards rushing um, and gets uh, above uh, those yards from scrimmage uh, with the rest. So uh, above 1,000 yards uh, with the rest. Leading receiver this year, going to go with Jordan Curley. I think this is his year he's been waiting for. It's his last year. Um, he's got that speed. He's got that work ethic. He's got the motivation. I'm excited to see Jordan Curley break out this year um, and really have the season that a lot of people have been hoping for. He had a full offseason for the first time in his college career, and now he's going to put it all together and lead SMU in receiving. I think he tops the 1,000-yard mark in receiving if he's healthy um, and will be able to uh, you know, finish off his career with a, with a strong – uh, finish. Um, if you look at SMU's leading receivers last year, and again, this this offense kind of had some hiccups as far as guys staying healthy. So you look at SMU's receiving core, and you had eight guys with over 180 yards receiving on the season. So they played a lot of guys um, that included Austin Upshaw as the eighth leading receiver. Um, last year, Jordan Curley went for 588 in 10 games. So if you were able to maybe extend that, he would have gotten a little bit more time. He's probably approaching that 800 yards. I think there's a chance he can get to 1,000. I know it's somewhat um, – it doesn't happen as much anymore, I feel like, unless you kind of have a one-man show like she or you have a guy that is truly a first-round, clear-cut NFL draft pick that kind of can take over. Um, but I, I think Jordan Curley can do it. I think he can eclipse that mark. Um, if SMU is able to handle business and he maybe doesn't play as much in other games, you know, late and, and isn't uh, able to kind of eat up some yards here and there, maybe that hurts him in getting there. But I think SMU's leading receiver is going to be Jordan Curley. Leading tackler, um, I mentioned it earlier, I think Ahmad Walker is going to lead the team in tackles. I don't think that's too surprising. Last year, SMU's top two leading tacklers were linebackers, Jimmy Phillips and Isaac Slade Matatia, both played in all 13 games. They uh, had 85 and 67 tackles, respectively. Um, I think Ahmad Walker is going to be right around that as well. Um, so won't spend too much time there. The sack leader. This is kind of a wild card pick. And last year, SMU didn't have a guy above five sacks. Nelson Paul led the way with five on the year. You had um, Isaac Slade Matatia at three, Elijah Chapman at three, Jalen Samuels at three, Isaiah Smith at three. But I didn't really feel like you got that full consistency throughout the entire season from who was able to produce. You know, you had spurts from guys. And that's why I think 
it's going to be Cam Robertson. I, and I almost went, went Nelson Paul, but and I mean, maybe they're right there with each other. But I think Cam Robertson's size is really going to help him um, maybe get kind of a cross as a starter. I know it's a position that um, they're probably going to roll guys. And, you know, when you're in third downs of Jalen Samuels, Isaiah Smith, guys like that are going to be in the mix and things like that. Um, but I, I get the sense it's going to be Cam Robertson uh, for SMU, maybe Nelson Paul. Um, I think you could probably have it as a toss up, but I think with this size, um, I'm going to see Cam Robertson uh, have that top uh, sack. Finally, uh, going into my assistant coach of the year predictions. And so this one is, here's how I kind of got to this one. I think assessing how hard their job is going to be this year is a piece of this. And that could mean they have different options. They have uh, guys that they need to coach up and have them emerge. Um, and also just kind of how... You know, I think they've developed some guys overall. And so the two guys kind of preseason, I think, are the, you know, unsung assistants or whatever. I think everybody's done a great job and things like that, assembling this group that they have going into 2023. But I'm going to go with Rob Likens. I think he's got a group that has Jordan Curley and Jake Bailey, two guys that have been hurt in the past, two guys that have been a number one yet, but have expectations to be that type of player for SMU this year. And then they also, he also has guys like Jordan Hudson and uh, Keyshawn Smith and Romello Brinson that really need to be, you know, developed and coached up so that they can, you know, be those guys um, for SMU when they're called upon. And Moochie Dixon's smooth, consistent, you know, very polished. I think it's Rob Likens, who is one of the best technical coaches on this on this staff to get the best out of his receiver group. If that happens, this offense is probably going to be a top 10 offense because as much talent as this receiver group has, they also have guys that need to take the next step and emerge. And so this is kind of a pick where Rob Likens has shown his ability to develop guys at a very high level. Others have too, but he also has a lot to do with that group in terms of, all right, this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, and making sure they're all focused, locked in, not worried about catches, not worried about snaps and things like that. So I think he has one of the hardest jobs this year in a way. And so I'm going to go with Rob on the offensive side. On the defensive side, I'm going to go with Ricky Hunley. You know, I, I think for me, the big thing that pushed this over the top is – adding a Chris Magnuson, who's familiar with, bringing back a guy like Charles Woods to Dallas, getting a Jalen Davis Robinson, not saying, okay, all right, that's it. Let's go get Keyshawn Mills. He's added so much to his room. He has guys that need to continue to develop, like Jalen Davis Robinson, A.J. Davis. He also has a wild card in Jahari Rogers in there, who's a veteran, needs to get something good out of him. I think the corner room... Their development is so key to this season. And Chris Magnuson's been able to stay healthy. Charles Woods has been kind of nicked up here and there, either for different things in fall camp or last year, West Virginia was out uh, for that season uh, after four games. 
he has maybe some question marks around is his group going to be healthy all year? So it's so important that Ricky Hundley's group is one of the best units and on the same page for this team because you look at that veteran safety group, I think they're going to be fine. If Brian Massey figures out tackling, he'll be fine. If not, Ahmad Moses does that attack, they'll put they'll put him in. Brandon Crosley's played a ton of football. They've got C.J. Sanders listed as a war behind him. Jonathan McGill, you know what you're getting there. He's been healthy for the most part his college career. You also have um, Isaiah Wachovia behind him. You have Kyron Chambers pressing. You have options kind of there. Corner, you have your two guys that have you, you've pushed your chips in on as veterans, but you also have guys that you need to continue to develop to get them ready for when they are called upon ultimately this season. So those are kind of my two coaches. I guess I don't even know if I should have called that assistant of the year or something like that. I should have just said the assistant coaches that, I, that I'm watching the, the closest that need to have a big year coaching the guys. I don't know. Um, but those are my two picks uh, on that side of things. Finally, go into my final season prediction. Um, I think it is going to be 11-1 for SMU. And call me a Kool-Aid drinker, whatever, I don't care. I, I think they're going to probably, at least in terms of my prediction, lose at Oklahoma. I mean, there's a chance, there's, they have a chance to be competitive. They really do because of all the talent. It's got to come together and, and be figured out pretty quickly. And, and there's a chance. I mean, there is. But I can't sit here and right now predict 12. I just can't predict that there isn't going to be one game, two games, maybe even that really are learning curves for this team or they don't have their best stuff or what have you. And so I'm not going to run down the whole schedule, but I, I think they're going to be 11-1. I think they're going to play for an ACC. or <laughs> I think they're going to play for an AAC uh, championship. Uh, that was not on purpose, I swear. Um, I think they're going to play for an AAC championship in December. I think they're going to run through the non the conference slate undefeated. I think the big question is, is can they beat TCU? And I, I fully think they can. Uh, call me whatever. I'm not that sold on Chandler Morris. I'm more sold on Preston Stone and his ability to move this offense, especially for three games into being the starter going into week four. I don't think after last year, it's going to be a game that's too big for them. My question is going to be, can SMU be put in the best positions to win that game? And I, I really think that game is going to be such a key indicator of is, is SMU's coaching staff ready to take that next step with this team? And I'm that high on the talent that they have put together. But Sonny Dykes did have his guys ready to go last year in a game that you know meant everything to these SMU players to stick it to them. Rhett Lashley and his staff, they were able to make adjustments and figure things out and get back in the game. That's why I think they can do this. And I think SMU has been able to address their positions a little bit better and improve overall, whereas TCU has a lot of questions. I mean, we talked to Stephen Johnson in Fort Worth Star-Telegram. We go through our Q&A, and I was kind of like, there's question marks on this TCU team. There are positions on SMU's team that absolutely have to prove it. We've talked about wide receiver, linebacker, positions like that. And it all has to come together. We haven't seen SMU kick the door down like this. 
So this is foreign territory. We've seen them get into the top 25 and then lose at a Memphis and fall apart late in the season. Last year, we saw them finish strong. Bowl game is what it is. Those things are fairly unpredictable. But last, last year, I think that banded together at the end of the year, coupled with the guys that they brought in have completely bounced back, or they have completely bought in to what this coaching staff has been preaching. SMU can be 11-1 and this year in the regular season with a win over TCU if this coaching staff I think doesn't overcomplicate, sticks to the fundamentals. I think SMU can beat TCU straight up. And maybe Chandler Morris and that Highland Park Magic will prove me wrong. Maybe. Maybe there will be a different quarterback in there. Maybe. But I don't think SMU, with all its talent, if they're put in the right positions and they're prepared and they're emotionally in the right space, I don't think they're going to be a cakewalk for TCU. I don't think they're going to lose. And we saw last year, SME lost the majority of their games by not, by or they lost the majority of their games by shooting themselves in the foot. And I don't think they're going to do that this year. There might be games that don't go their way. I think OU is probably just too deep at so many different spots of highly talented guys. They probably come away with it. But I think for SMU, looking at the TCU game and what that roster looks like, from me being an outsider, there's question marks that have to come together, like big question marks that have to come together. It's not, oh, will so-and-so, you know, from the transfer portal step up. It, it's more they have deficiencies on the defensive line. They needed somebody to step up at wide receiver. You know, can Savion Williams be that guy? Can Chandler Morris be the guy at quarterback? Preston Stone's gotten enough burn that I feel really good about him with the talent around him being able to lead a win on the road at TCU. So there you go. 11-1, the win over TCU, and an undefeated run through the conference slate. It's, it's hard to go undefeated in conference. I mean, it just is, regardless of how bad the schedule is on paper. But East Carolina is a pesky team. Memphis is pesky. Um, and and you've, you've always got to, you know, get to that conference championship game. And it's, it's a hard pressure filled situation to go through, but I think SMU has the players to do it. I think they have the staff to do it in year two. They're very comfortable together. So we will find out how it goes, but that is it. That is kind of the preseason tune up. We'll preview SMU Louisiana tech on Thursday with uh, Ben Carlisle uh, who covers the Bulldogs. So wait for that on uh, Thursday afternoon, maybe Friday morning. Um, but, then we're in it. The season is finally here. I'm excited. Guys, before I go, I've got to remind you, though, a dollar for a month to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com or subscribe for the year for 50% off annual subscriptions. Jump on board. If this ACC thing goes through, like I'm expecting it to, there's going to be a lot of recruiting content to come, who they can flip what's next, who are some of the big names that this really impacts. There's going to be a lot to cover um, on all of this. So not only do you want to be locked in for a really good SMU football season, but recruiting as well. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. And a quick reminder, too, for those subscribers that are now listening since or still listening since I've wrapped this up a couple times now, I guess. If you refer someone, 
email me, billy.embody at on3.com. Tell me their email that they subscribe you with, and I will get you a comp month. So spread the word about On the Pony Express. Appreciate you guys subscribing. Football season is here. I can't wait for it. We'll check back in with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast later this week. Thanks for listening.